What it is, what is up? What is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, aka Digadulamite. That purple bling bling, yo. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> and your auditory canals are tuned into episode 199 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck is Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, dude? Hey, not much. Uh, Just happy to be here, as always, uh, talking with you fine folks about this hobby that we love, gaming. Isn't it so cool? Um, I enjoy it. And I'm glad that you all enjoy it as well. Got a couple announcements real quick. Uh, wanted to say that uh, next episode is our our 200th episode. So please join us as we will be celebrating. Uh, we're not sure how just yet, but we do want you to show up, uh, show up because we will be having um, some interesting uh, stuff to talk about. So please uh, join us. Uh, having said that, our um, uh, we will be taking a short siesta, so we will not be uh, rec- uh, well, there won't be an episode next week, but we will be returning the following week. So I just want to let you know, there's nothing to worry about. You know, we're we're not super partying, you know, early for our for our uh, 200th episode. But just want to let you know that we will be taking a small break, uh, but we will be returning. So yeah. just want to put that out there. That way folks know what's going on with their favorite podcast. Yeah. That that way, you know, the other show I'm on, your not favorite podcast, um, I know. <laughs> stuck on six ninety nine and probably will be on six ninety nine for Neon forever, unfortunately. So we'll see if we'll record GH Radio episode seven hundred at some point. So Well, I hope you do. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, too. I hope you do too. That's quite a milestone. So yeah. Just, just um, turn that click, click that uh, odometer over one click. Yeah, got it. Seven hundred. Not a lot of podcasts can say that. So yeah. they can't. You know, I hope we're able to get uh, that and then some as well. So indeed, indeed. And of course, our show is a no go without Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as a food max of gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, been pressed for time as of late. So, you know, I think uh, fans uh, are followers on the Discord and probably live eagerly awaiting me to not get bitten by my dog and to uh, get some impressions of uh, PlayStation VR 2. But PlayStation VR 2 is still in the box. So, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have any time um, this weekend to really crack it open and. You know, I'm not one to want to crack it open and get two hours of sleep and that kind of thing. So, <laughs> but I'm gonna you know book some time and we'll I'll definitely have some impressions on uh, the next episode on episode 200. Then okay. from there on there, but uh, eager. I'm glad I have it. You know, I, you know, it's VR is something that you know I did purchase a PlayStation VR one. And I think the last time I used it was the last time you tried it at my house, Des. I mean, it's been that, that <laughs> <Wow>. long. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. So, 
I definitely want to kind of dig into it and enjoy it and give some like, you know, most I would say newbie impressions to VR because I really, you know, haven't messed with VR all that much, you know, even though I have a PlayStation VR one. So kind of eager to get into that business. So, you know, and so, uh, you know, this has been a really busy February and March for games, too. So, you know, you got crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely after whatever pre-orders I have for March, I'm going to definitely take a step back and take a look at my games and see what I want to play out of my collection versus accumulating you know, more discs to have to kind of wield with. And hopefully, you know, you know, I will have no FOMO, you know, don't worry about no steelbook, you know, kind of work things from there and kind of just uh, have different things to talk about on this show, too. So. Mm-hmm. I tell you, if the market ever explodes in steel books, you will be a very wealthy man. Yep. <laughs> uh, it just depends. You know, it's just like if you get like a really rare one, it could go. I mean, there's Japanese only steel books too, which is eyes like, you know, googly eyed. You know, there was a Babylon's Fall steel book I had my eyes on, but ha ha ha. That game mm. is like on on its slow descent it's like its servers are going to be shut down literally in the next three days so Mm -hmm. i didn't get i didn't go back to it either like i was threatening and promising so (laughs) you'd have been the only one on the server (laughs) probably yeah yeah but it's okay you know i think it's fine to you know put out there what you you know really really want what you really really want yeah though it's kind of Crazy, but still, well, I, I was I was I was part of the uh, Babylon's Fall Discord. In fact, the only message we got from the admins was something that came through four days ago, indicating uh, we'll be shutting down this server on the 28th of February. Thank you for all for participating. There's still people in the thread like, hey, I need help. I'm level like 130. Da da da. I want to you know, get in. And- yeah, I kind of wish I took the time to play it, but there's. I'd be there's like, give up, brah. I know. <laughs> like, give up, brah. All these service games, man, I swear. But Like, I swear, I'm trying to. Mm-mm-mm. Trying. Okay. <laughs> nope. Don't, don't do it. Well, <clears throat> with uh, the demise of, of certain games discussion out of the way. We're going to time to move on to our first topic on our docket, and that, as always, is going to be the playlist. All right, let's start. Uh, Hi, Res Hater. What you been playing? Uh, what have I been playing? Actually, the only game that I've really been playing is, um, I mean, I've I've been playing the normal standbys. Uh, I've been playing Hogwarts Legacies. That is the game that I'm going to be uh, beating. I, I've made up my mind that I'm going to roll credits on that game. So it's just been uh, three main games, really. Hogwarts Legacy uh, as my kind of like, I'm going to beat this game. And then uh, the other one is um, uh, is Undermine, which is sort of my, um, my I'm going to, you know, um, what was it? I'm going to move take this one and i'm gonna move it uh, uh i'm gonna use that when i need to you know just kind of unwind and just play a quick little game because it's a roguelite and then the other game uh, which has been my multiplayer game has been wild hearts um uh still enjoying it i would not say that it's a 
like, oh my God, I have to, you know, I have to, you know, buy it or or play with it or 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 it's or it's super fantastic. Um and that no and that sounds kind of weird, but I, I enjoy what I'm playing so far. Is it a monster hunter killer? Definitely not. Definitely not. Not even not even close to it. Um I do think <clears throat> Konami or sorry not Konami, um um Tecmo Koei. Thank you. Tecmo, yeah, I think Tecmo Koei does have something good here, but I think it still needs to be refined. It really tried to set itself apart with its build mechanics. And while some of them are you gotta kind of get the hang of them, and some of them are, do seem a bit esoteric in their in their function, but uh, I can see why it's there. Like it, it tried to set itself apart by having this, by, by having the building mechanic, and in some instances it works, in a lot of other instances it does not work. Um, but having to weave it into combat, I think that's something that that um, might be a little uh, much. I, I don't know that it needed to be. Uh, so the the combat needed to be so heavily based on it, or you needed to use it so heavily, because I guess you don't. But but you really feel the your 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 power decrease when you don't use like the uh, the fire, or you don't use the um, uh, the jump off or the springs, because that that's part of your move set is to use them to kind of launch you into uh, the monster and fight. But once you get into a groove, it does feel rewarding. Um, but I, I do think that there is going to be that there needs to be some um, some kind of I don't know. It's like there, there's just something in the game that feels like it's it's missing, and, and I don't know I, I I don't know what that is just yet. It's a it's 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 a weird feeling like like again like i said i i am liking what i what i'm playing but at the same time i i know that it is missing something and so that's kind of just where i am with uh with this game right now it's like you know you know it's just kind of like i don't know you know i'm i'm i i, I don't know so um again i i don't i don't know what that means or or anything so i'm just kind of i'm just kind of experiencing it and just playing it for what it is and and if i continue to play it we'll see but is it a monster hunter killer no i've told joe that i'm probably going to continue playing this uh at least to see what some of the secondary um i'm only on i'm, I'm still in chapter one um uh, setting up, you know, the 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 main the, the main or the city and stuff like that. So I you know there's there's other kind of stuff that the, there is an actual story here. So um, I will follow it. I do know that there is they uh, they just announced um, uh, they announced some uh, DLC for the game that's coming out in March and in April. So um, so it looks like there's going to be some. Um, new weapon type not, new, sorry not new weapon types just new monsters so they are adding a couple of new monsters they're adding um oh and all the dlc is going to be free and um 
And uh, the overall count for all the monsters for this first iteration is going to be around 20 monsters, 20 unique monsters that you can that you can fight and um, and conquer. So, I mean, I do think that the game has the long legs. I think it's fun that they are not going to be charging for any DLC. I think that's I think that's a fantastic um, way to um, bring people into into the game. Um, so. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of here to see to see what happens. I think it's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. Um, so I have not I have not put it away just yet, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I guess this is kind of where I am with it. Um, but those really are the only uh, the only things that I've been playing right now. So um, so uh, Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's been just basically two games. It's been Wild Hearts and Dead Space. Uh, slowly making my way through that. Dead Space is kind of like the... Um, Dead Space is kind of like the, 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 thing I tur- uh, the game I turn on uh, at night because it's scary. Uh, for obvi- you know, obviously, because it's <laughs> scary. <laughs> And uh, I've been I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, uh, Without going into yeah, without going into going into spoilers, all I can say is that they have somehow made this game even more scarier than the original, and that's saying a lot because Dead Space did some things that tripped you out a lot of those same cut scenes are still in but with the improvements and graphic fidelity and sound and all the bells and whistles that this current generation brings with it it just amps up the 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 freaky the freaky vibe that this game did you see the uh i guess the the ending with the uh with the cursed armor or something or the, no, the I, I didn't, I didn't. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to go and try and get all the endings, but I'm going to at least try to get at least two different ones. Yeah, and that'll you, be one that I'm going to try to, yeah, you the cursed armor like, is one I'm gonna I just, try and get. I just watched it and I was just like, Oh wow. It's like, it's, mm. it's a pretty crazy, it's a pretty crazy ending. And I know it's, I know it's just for fans and it's just a special ending, but I was like, Ew, you know, when I saw mm-hmm. it, so. mm-hmm. So I think I think you're I think you're gonna enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So then the other game, and I just like I didn't even play any of the other games that are typically in my rotation either, like you know uh, Sonic and uh, Need for Speed. I'd wanted to get back into Need for Speed, but I didn't I didn't do that. Uh, the other game I've been playing is Wild Hearts, and and their experience is I a lot have different been, than mine. I have been trying to. I've been trying to to like this game. I mean, I I don't I don't hate it, but I'm there's something missing, right? It's just like there's there's something missing. I can tell you at least from my experience what it is. I can tell you from one experience my from what it is. I think the mission structure is terrible. Hmm. I, I don't is particularly when you're doing side quests, you have to go to the over the overworld map or whatever they could they could they call it. They have the detailed map, and I forget what they call the overworld map. You got to go to the overworld map, 
to see your um, to to see the your quest, but your quests are tied to when at what point in the chapter selection you took them on. So if you took on a quest in chapter one, once you get to the overworld map, you've got to remember, okay, did I select this quest in chapter one or chapter two or chapter three and switch that little thing over that, that selection, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't drop down. It moves to the side. Uh, okay. Was it in chapter one, chapter two? Cha- I, it took me forever to figure that out because I was playing with, uh, uh, doing multiplayer with Damon, I was trying to get a particular side quest done, and he did that quest back in chapter one. I'm in chapter two, and it, he's like, "Well, it should be. It, it, it it's in the same place that you where you start the game at the opening the opening sequence." Well, I was in the opening lands that you start the game in, but because I didn't switch to uh chapter two it, or, or, or rather because, because i didn't sw- i didn't i didn't switch to uh, uh the, the chapter that i that i that i i didn't switch to chapter two i was in chapter one because i couldn't get the the, the, the freaking it's like well this is the starting land why isn't it popping up no you have to select it where the in what chapter you select the side quest in which i think is just it's dumb. It, it 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 makes you know like I gotta remember. Okay, for every side quest that comes in, I've got to now remember. Okay, did I was this was am I supposed to do it in chapter one, chapter two, chapter three? Can I just wait? It's just very weird. The um, another thing that I don't like. I'm I'm. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of the build of, of the build a bear of the of the Fortnite mm-hmm. stuff. Not a fan of it at all. Um, it's not. It does not feel planted when you're when you're talking about combat. And I'll give you an ex. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So there's a there's a a sec a part of the game, and it, it doesn't matter what monster you're fighting as long as it does a a charge attack so you can set up this barricade this barricade wall after there's a name that they have for it i can't remember what it's called but you have to be standing still like still still in order to set up the barricade wall more more than once i have just finished a dodge and my character is still in that little half step animation. Mm-hmm. And if you activate trying to build the barrier, which I think is six crates, and you start cranking out those crates, if you're still locked in that and that I've you know just released from motion animation that your character does, he will put the 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 crates not in sequential order, so you just have three stacks of two crates diagonally in line from with each other that happened to me multiple times when i was fighting the 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 warthog thing pig king tusk king tusk yeah 
that happened to me multiple times and that that is i just found that extremely extremely irritating as well um the weapons and i said this i said this last episode the weapon movements don't feel as focused or even as impactful as the ones in monster hunter at least to me and the reason i say that is there's a lot of wasted motion in wild hearts and i know i'm kind of going deep in the weeds with 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 this complaint and it's not going to bother most people but because beat em ups are kind of my thing it really irks the hell <laughs> irks the hell out of me there are so many throwaway moves that your different weapons can do. Now, I I was only interested in the katana, and I opened up the kudakori staff over the weekend. Both of those weapons have so many throwaway combos that... I just got... It just got to the point where I just said, okay, let me just go to YouTube and figure this and and see what the pros say like with with the katana they basically said there's only two there's only two moves that you need to worry about with the the katana that is one light attack and then following it up with the i think they call it the blade burst that you could as long mm-hmm. as you have stamina you can do it well in order to get to blade burst Normally, you would like hit like they want the, the 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 game wants you to hit light attack like three or four times and then go into blade burst and that's that was in the tutorial. But and and again, <laughs> this is another thing: you can only cancel the light combo after the first and I think the uh, fourth light attack. So those other those other attacks in between, you can't count you can't you can't cancel them out. And I it the thing that was that was kept throwing me off was when I made this one upgrade to the sword, the sword felt like like it was doing different like like it had changed the combo structure. And what I after watching a couple of videos, it came to came to find out that what I was doing was I was actually trying to do the the sword in the way that that the the experts were saying but for whatever reason because the sword fell off after the upgrade i kept falling back into the the that that wasted combo mechanic that 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 the the katana sword has so after watching those uh, the couple of YouTube videos and fig and uh, applying that, I had a better time with the katana. But overall, the katana does not feel as focused as the longsword in Monster Hunter. Although there are shortcuts to longsword, and uh, I don't really, I, I really haven't played with longsword in Monster Hunter before. Um, I will try it in Rise because it looks like I might have more fun with it than because when I and when I tried it in World, I, I was just getting killed. It was very it, it's all about iframes and uh, dodging just out of the knowing what the hit boxes and the hurt boxes are. You really have to 
it really takes some dedication to do longsword and world. And I just, I just, it wasn't for me. Um, in Rise, it looks a little bit more forgiving. But even in Rise, all of the moves, even though you can get shortcuts to uh, generating uh, meter and then generating your, um, or, or executing your, I can't remember what, what Monster Hunter calls the, uh, the special attacks for the longsword. But getting to that point, there are shortcuts that you can do that. Even even with the shortcuts, every motion just doesn't feel wasted. You know, there there is a thing that you can do after every move that can either reposition you uh, to get you out of an attack, to anticipate a monster's attack if you're really familiar with its attack patterns, uh, to just all about getting you properly placed to really go in and do big damage. I don't get that sensation with Wild Hearts. I, you know, they want you to like with the 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 Kuda the, the that what, their version of Great Sword. They want you to use these springboards and spring around the the the, the, the battlefield like a like a like a jumping bean and. It just doesn't feel good. In- intuitive or in- not? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel intuitive. It doesn't. None of that stuff really, really connects. And I'm I like I said, I just opened up the Kudakuri staff and. I had to go to YouTube again because, <laughs> you know, it's like there are so many throwaway combos with that weapon that it just you're it, it, you it, it you just don't feel completely uh in control you know now granted you're fighting a you know uh uh eight story tall monster in some cases but still you just don't feel you don't feel plant at least to me I don't feel planted in the combat and secure in the combos that I'm doing and I didn't get that until I looked at the YouTube and the pros had to spell it out for me. It's like, OK, you have to hit this button at this time. And if you do that, then like with the Kudakuri staff, uh, heart attacks will do like a da- like a like a burst attack. Not a burst is the wrong word, but a lunge attack. And you have to use the lunge attack to land hits, but also position yourself away from the monster but if you just there are some parts of the light combo that actually do that but you can't cancel out of those you have to you have there are only certain it's just like there's just way to nothing a whole lot of this just doesn't feel purposeful and just feels very very loose um so like I had written like a like a like a a thesis with my complaints if you if for those who were who were, mm. <laughs> were on our Discord server I deleted it because I really wanted to try the 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 Kuda Curry staff and I had just about reached my limit of patience with the uh, katana and I, that's when I had gone back and I said I'll give this one more try and I, I that's why I found the YouTube videos for these for these people that are like 
you know, monster hunter uh, uh, demigods for all the different monster hunter games that are out and they're playing wild hearts and they went and they broke everything down and, and put everything uh, in black and white for me. But even with that, this game, this 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 game can't couldn't couldn't wash Monster Hunter's uh, dirty draws. It, it, it's it's just not. It's fun in its own right, but this game would have been a lot better if it was called Turrican Turrican Three. And instead of hunting these giant monsters, you know, I mean, I think Turrican had some pretty big stuff in it. And I, I don't think there was any Monster Hunter class monsters that you fought in in that game. But no. if they'd have just gone with Turrican Three and and made improvements to the spirit. Uh, the the the, the uh, spirit uh, um, cards that you that you could use, and maybe make them forms that you could take, or there there are so many different things in in the Tudorkin series that were very good, and that separated it. I mean, it, 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 you really couldn't call it a monster hunter like game. Um, I just wish this was Turnican Three, and I think it would have been a better game if it would have if it if it would have been like that, and they had just built upon the spirit system that they had set a fantastic groundwork for in the first two. Um, so, I mean, I'll still play it. I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna work some more with the the Katakuri staff, and if I can get it to. Um, where I'm as 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 competent with it as I am the katana, then I'll continue them to mess around with it. If not, I'll probably just at least try and get to the story with with using the katana and the katana only. None of the other weapons really appeal to me at all. Um, and uh, finish the story and just call it a day. But cool. I think you're doing more than anyone else, you know, could could expect you to do. Yeah, well, a lot of it is just because I'm stubborn, and I I sh- I feel that I should have listened to my first mind and just just put this under the I'll pass selection when it, when it first was announced, because when it first was announced, like everything just just screamed, no, nah, you ain't you don't you you don't need no parts of this game, bro. Um, and I in ret- in in hindsight, I should have listened to my that first mind because I. I will forever believe that I am the best critic when it comes to games that I oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> so I this is one and this is one time where I was just like, okay, so I <clears throat> I watched this this overview from Eric's gaming who went and played it and then everything was he spelled everything out and of course those videos are all edited to make you know the game look like this awesome, fantastic experience and you know, I kind of fell for the hype because uh, Eric's videos are very well edited, and I'm I'm not throwing any shade on the dude. I think he honestly loved what he played, but at the end of the day, you know, I I have to blame myself for not listening to my first mind, and and for whatever reason, being wrong about my video game selections, although it happens very rarely. Uh, just just irks the hell out of me. So <laughs> that's kind of why I've put so much into this game 
like tri- I said, trying to like it. But like I said, I just I just blame Joe. No, I can't. I, I'm I'm not blaming now. This, this is this is all on me. I'm, I'm, oh, I know. I just you I know. Thought it was funny. I I I, I got to carry that weight. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop fans might remember might remember that. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I have been up to in my gaming week. So uh, Jabroni Chief, what you been playing? Uh, just I'll add my kind of two cents on Wild Hearts so far. Um, I've only really played it multiplayer. I've not played it solo, and I'm thinking I'm kind of doing the game a disservice by only playing it multiplayer right now because I'm skipping over story sequences. Um, I commented multiple times, at least on our multiplayer game through uh, playthroughs, at least that the soundtrack is just freaking phenomenal. In effect. Uh, I looked it up, and the the guy, the composer is his name is um, Masashi uh, Hamatsu on here, and he's actually uh, done a lot of work for Square Enix on here, and he's been he was the main composer for Final Fantasy 13, along with oh, wow. uh, one of the co co um, composers for Final Fantasy 10 on here. So I mean, he has a good pedigree, and it's like he's I guess never done uh, previous uh, Omega force game prior to this he did a lot of work for square and also for uh fu ryu uh which is the uh he worked on the soundtrack for alliance alive and also on um what was the other game that i saw that was mentioned um world of oh legend of legacy another uh like 3ds like rpg that's was noted for its soundtrack so on there so you know i i actually want to sit and play this game uh kind of absorb the music absorb the uh the town because i almost i almost seem it's, a, it's not like a monster hunter game where basically you're just going on to the next hunt going to the hub and going and doing and whatever you need to be doing there's a lot more atmosphere here i think and a little bit of story it's trying to tell even though you know it's just like you know it seems like i'm in the <laughs> game just skip 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 just trying to you know make sure we get to the next monster and queue things up on here and well so, you can always make a second character yeah i could either do that or you know just take some more time to play it too so yeah. um you know one thing i kind of noted uh, by looking at it and everything it's just how beautiful the game is and just uh you know, as long as I'm not sitting here trying to maybe, you know, put expectations on it like it is a Monster Hunter game, it might have its own, like, action RPG kind of uh, bent to it on here. But uh, I've only tried so far as far as the weapons, uh, only the katana and then the great sword, which is called a Nadachi on here. And then the Nadachi didn't seem, you know, I've been learning great sword on Monster Hunter Rise, and so it just seems like, or reacquainting myself with the great sword on Monster Hunter Rise. So it just, I don't think I'm going to pick that weapon up because of the fact that, you know, I'm picking up on the great sword in Monster Hunter right now. So I don't want two weapons of the same type to be kind of in my wheelhouse. So, uh, so I'm going to continue with the katana, but I'm kind of curious as far as the other weapons, I'm going to give them a shot uh, between the bow and then the umbrella, which is the Wagasa on here. So and I first think bow is easy mode. <laughs> Oh, is easy mode? Yeah. Got it. Which might be a good thing. I mean, if you definitely if you want to get through the game and, uh, you know, have a good time on it and not have to... 
struggle but at the same time it's like you know i want to get some uh, worth out of the combat too so and just like both you des and, and both in kev i feel like the weapon impacts in wild hearts are maybe not as uh impactful they're not as other yeah because it seems like it's just like uh, like especially with the katana i'm just like wailing on the various face buttons and i just Go, want to get a feel for impact and especially because the monsters are so huge in comparison to monster hunter and other games in the genre mm-hmm. uh sometimes a lot of times i'm just like okay i'm clipping into the monster i'm like hidden on the bottom or on the side or the left or the right of it it's just like i can't really even see what impact i'm making without the fact that i have to keep readjusting the camera to be able to see where i'm at and what impact i'm doing or what combos i'm actually you know taken upon the monster so and i haven't really even concentrated as far as uh weak points and whatnot i know uh with the uh was it the uh, rat that we're trying to cut off its tail on there so Mm -hmm. and i think that our one hunt we did cut off the tail so i'm just Mm kind of learning more into the game as far as the weak points and the monsters were the best place for impact and learning about the kurikuri as well i just barely learned how to make the wall and i haven't um, been able to reenact <laughs> my first building of that wall on there and it's not so hard I, I still need to practice it and see you know especially during combat it's just like you know i might take the time maybe out, out before uh, any sort of combat and just like practice making the wall a couple more times that way i have a better idea with the flow of it so I'm using the DualShock, um, the edge with the two back buttons, and the back buttons have been pretty nice as far as uh, playing both Monster and Wild Hearts because DualSense Edge, uh, basically, I've been uh, putting the uh, dash or the run and then also the Kurikuri on one of the triggers. So it's, it, I found that it was like easier to pull up the menu. It's, well, half the time, it's just getting the muscle memory to be able to figure out, okay, uh, you know, where... What button do I need to hit to summon the Kurikuri? You know, what buttons I need to hit to do impactful combat? You know, especially with the katana, you know, you got the, uh, up to the point where you're able to hit the R1 button and use certain button combinations for it, more impactful combos if need be on there. Is those the type of combos you like doing, Kev, as far as using the R1 once once that's enabled? or Well... That's what you have to. That's what you have to use. I mean, you don't have to, but if you're trying to get maximum DP, yeah, um, that's where you have to hit the light attack once, and then go into your your blade burst, which is uh, the uh, what is that R two, R one, R one or R two, R one. That's what you have to do. And then when you go into when your meter fills up and you want to go into awaken mode, you have to do the same thing. Hit R2 and either hit your light attack or your heavy attack, whichever, and then go into your blade burst. But even when you do that, there is no there is no impact. There is no sense of impact when hitting when when attacking these monsters like 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 you mentioned that you're you're clipping right you clip all day and all night in monster <laughs> yeah but every time you you land a hit and it doesn't matter what weapon it is there is i don't know if it's the it's it's the way the 
the the sound effects used. I don't know if I I think it, it the reason is because there is purpose between be, within every move you do in Monster Hunter. I think that's the difference. Whereas in this game, it just feels okay. Now I can just wail away and wail away, and I can see all the numbers pop up, and I can I can I can see my critical hit show up in yellow or red, whichever. And you know, oh, I, I got I I can hit it a whole bunch of times and, and feel happy. And I think that's the Fortnite part of it. That's where I think it took some bits of that from Fortnite that I just want to see a whole bunch of numbers appear when I'm attacking something, and it just it just doesn't flow the same. It yeah. just doesn't flow the same. I would equate it more like to an action RPG, especially like something like a, like a Fantasy Star Online to New Genesis, where, you know, a lot of times, even in that game, you know, I don't feel the same impact from the weapons either. But uh, it's not that type of a game either. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep plugging away at it. I'm going to dedicate a little bit more time playing it single player on here. Um, my main game Probably I've been Probably a good idea. This past week, though, I've been getting back into Rise. I've been I've been kind of putting PSO2 to the aside. I you know the couple of games I was playing, like one game I was playing on the Steam Deck, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I haven't really uh, played all that much. Um, I was dedicating more to doing the Village Quest and Monster Hunter Rise. In fact, um, I you know rolled credits. I got Magnamala finally on there. You know because it seemed like even with Rise, the only time I was playing was playing multiplayer with you guys, and so a lot of my dedication was towards the uh, hub quest versus the village quest. So, and with the um, expanded weapons I have now, as far as the uh, high rank weapons, you know, doing village is like super easy. It's almost relaxing in a way, you know. I'm making sure I'm going out and doing doing the Dango um, quest and you know g- gathering the materials I need and that kind of thing, opening up the um, the uh, additional. Uh, what you, God, I can't even think right now. Um, like on the map, you have your main like um, hub and you got your sub hubs. If, mm-hmm. if need be, I'm trying to think of the actual name of it, but uh, it's escaping my brain right now. But uh, you know, basically, it's the point that I'm just trying to open up different things. Uh, I've been learning the gray sword a lot more. I've actually get up to a point where I could actually, you know, use the wire bug. Like if I get impacted, to be able to recover and be able to either, you know, wire back or wire forward and uh, you know, combo it that way. And uh, I got the new switch skill for the great sword, and I've uh, been playing around with that a little bit more. I talked to you a little bit about it kev too and i've kind of enjoyed it it's the one where you are hitting the um triangle button and basically doing a very impactful charged uh, attack on there in, in a particular string and i found a, a great way to like kind of adjust on the fly if needed to uh, you know obviously uh, attack better and i've been getting a lot more impactful uh, damage uh, yeah rage, rage slash is beast mode for yeah for- for that so even though the uh the i forget what they call it, where where you hit the 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 attack that hits two times yeah. does more damage i can land rage slash multiple times in in a fight and the fact that it has that armor for uh that for for one hit of a monster that adds to your damage output uh is is just any like if you tie that with counterattack skill 
you're you're getting like crazy crazy uh, damage dp yeah i've been like you know if i even if i get knocked back if i wire forward and then use that the rage slash in combination with you know obviously i kind of forget to do the uh the one move where you kind of start the great sword from the bottom and swing upwards like kind of like yeah. going over your head on there so i've been trying to utilize and adding that into the mix as well so so i've been having a good time on there i've been still kind of dabbling in lance i go back to lance and i want to learn the new i'm glad i'm keep, glad keep you haven't got rid of lance yeah lance is still in the in the wheelhouse, it's just I've been concentrating more on Greatsword a bit, but uh, you know I want to push forward. I you know obviously got to uh, the fifth rank in the village, and uh, you know we played a little bit on game night with uh, John BT. In fact, another game we played, which we hadn't even mentioned, but we uh, reacquainted ourselves with Earth Defense Force Five on there. So oh, we, we were talking to... about that one. Okay. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, might as well. You know, I, um, I played a couple of missions with John. John enjoyed it. Uh, we we're kind of running uh, so silly. double air raider on there. I think, uh, Des, you were running, what, the raider, I think? No, the engineer or something. The mechanic, the guy who brings who brings forth the uh, mechs and shit. I was playing that guy. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't remember. I, his, I can't remember his, the the name of that person. Yeah, I got to ride around in a mech, and but I got we got manhandled. It was sad. <laughs> it was so sad. Uh, we we came back now. Uh, Air Raider. Air Raider. Thank you. Yeah, dude, we got we got we got destroyed. <laughs> we got destroyed. Oh, there was the level with the flying saucers, right? Yeah, but that's a really hard one anyway. So yeah. Yeah, the you know, EDF is just great because, you know, at certain points, especially once uh, certain new enemy types are introduced, like, you know, DeRoy. Remember DeRoy, Kev? I mean, God. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. DeRoy. Yeah. Yeah. Hector. The Hector. Yeah. See, Hector, oh, the Hector my yeah. I enjoyed the Hector. The names that they give these things are just... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was, was kind of great to go back to EDF5. I kind of remember that EDF5 didn't have as great of a sound sound clips as EDF4.1, you know, because, you know, it doesn't have all the, like, you know, crazy, like, EDF, EDF, and, like, you know, the the um, little, like, songs. They didn't really compare you know, when they translated that game into English. Versus the songs are there, though. Yeah, they're there. They're just kind of... I, th- I felt the translation was better in EDF 4.1. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But the gameplay is still on point. So, you know, I l- it's in my dashboard now. I'm looking at it. You know, it's been, I spent like 85 hours with it previously. You know, we talked about it quite a bit. You know, it's kind of fun to go back. I'm waiting for EDF 6 to drop for the U.S. and Europe territories because it's already out. In, it's been out in Japan since uh, Christmas of last year. So, so I'll have to see once that's going to kind of make its way. But, uh, you know, it might be a game night game. I wouldn't mind going back to it if you guys want to pick up a different class if need be. So let me know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It came out, oh, yeah. EDF, EDF 6 came out in August of last year. So it's it's been out. But we'll Joe's see. Joe's feeling it. He's like, I got to do it. Yeah. I think this might, game might get us off Monster Hunter, but all the season. I don't so. know about all that, but yeah. 
<laughs> that's all I've been up to as far as games this past week. I'm so sorry for those out there waiting for my PSVR 2 impressions, but they will come next episode. So. Well, all right. So <clears throat> with our with with that out of the way, we can move on to the next topic on our docket, which is in this edition of uh, Gaming Vessels is going to be our main event. So, Dez, you got the mic, man. Alrighty, everybody. So, for this main event, uh, we asked a simple question. Uh, what was slash is your favorite handheld gaming console? I uh, wanted to bring this up because, you know, we're not sure if we're ever going to get uh, another gaming console, especially from Nintendo, given that they've gone the hybrid model. And then uh, we were wondering if if anyone's if we're going to have any other ones, you know, to begin with, because, you know, uh, the Steam Deck is coming out and that is that pretty much a handheld computer. So I was just wondering, because it seems like we might not be getting one ever again. So so I wanted to ask the question to everyone, you know, just kind of like a, 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 a I want to say like a hurrah, but, you know, uh, a last hurrah, but it doesn't seem like we're going to be having any any new uh, consoles in a while. So at least I don't think so. So I wanted to see, you know, what people's uh, favorite handhelds were so i know that you probably have a ton uh joe so why don't you kick us off uh my favorite handheld of all time um probably is going to be the nintendo 3ds because i think the 3ds is kind of the culmination between both the ds and the 3ds on there because obviously you're able to play this both software from both um platforms on it and um just all the great rpgs all the great nintendo first party uh content of course you know obviously monster hunter 4 monster hunter 3 ultimate all the hours and hours and hours of uh, gameplay with those uh particular titles on there uh kind of make the you know the ds slash 3ds kind of like my uh, tentpole as far as portable systems go on here i mean if you remember like the uh the frankenstick you know the attachment for the uh, 3ds and to be able to add a second analog stick and just all the games and more games and you know just talking about like all the series uh, level five you're talking about like uh, dragon quest all the games they brought out for portable at least uh, dragon quest nine was a big release you know one of my favorite games uh, portable games of all time on there so i could really speak to that as being the culmination of nintendo handheld gaming i mean the switch is cool um but this the, the me about the switch to switch is um me a primarily dock system for me i don't really take it portably and even yeah, though it same is here a portable i just think the the focus of the games that they're making uh they're making for the switch kind of are not the same as the when they were doing two separate platforms their console platforms and their handheld platforms i kind of miss the um you know focus of more um gameplay oriented titles on there so you know it just it just depends you know because there are some good switch games out there i'm not disparaging the switch and the switch has great support from indies as well on there but uh 
As far as anything prior to the DS and, and 3DS, obviously Game Boy Advance was, I think, my first foray, you know, into uh, handheld gaming, you know, as far as from the Nintendo side of it. Because prior to the Game Boy Advance, I really didn't really pay too much attention to the Game Boy platform. I felt like back in the day, and, you know, a lot of listeners out there might look back at the you know, green uh, LCD era of the Game Boy is just super classic, but I always considered it as being like, piff, piff, look at this crappy screen, (laughs) you know, back in the day, you know? So I never, I actually had a Game Boy, but I only picked it up years later on there. I had a Game Boy Color, but I only picked it up because there was some exclusive Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest games on the platform, but... uh, didn't really pay it any mind. That's like even the Game Gear back in the day, it was like a portable master system basically. And I just looked at it, and it's like you know, it looks like they smeared a bunch of damn Vaseline on the damn screen. So, wow, on there. So, yeah, I've never been. You know, I did buy a Lynx. I enjoyed the Lynx. I think Kev could probably speak to the Lynx as well. You know, I think uh, that was probably Atari's last really great system. You know, yeah, I'm not considering the Jaguar as being anything of note. So, mm, <laughs> yeah, so. Jaguar was trash. You know, it. I owned one and I regret every almost every minute of it, except for a couple of games. So, <laughs> but well, uh, I, mean, anything, I can understand that. I never owned a, a Turbo Express. I always wanted one, but you know, but uh, the other portable systems in my noted gaming history, probably. I mean, the Sega Nomad. The portable Genesis that came out back in the 90s, I felt like that thing was great, even though it's like it was a battery killer. <laughs> so, but I, I was I took the Nomad and was playing Fantasy Star 4 like on break at work. So I remember doing that and it played all the Genesis cartridges. So I felt that was kind of of a cool thing. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for portable platforms. The Neo Geo Pocket's also a good mention too. I, I felt the games on that platform were quite unique and super fun good extensions of the actual you know neo geo franchises on there too so those are worthy of a playthrough there's a couple compilations out for switch that you could pick up and play some of those games so some of the fighters on there are super fun so cool cool um so we did have one uh response from uh, a long time listener someone we hadn't seen hadn't heard from a long time and i'm glad that you chimed in uh mr mustard himself fred french says got to go with the old school game boy and i played a lot of tetris boxel and dr mario on it and i like the switch but only use it docked just like joe so i don't really think of it as handheld neither do i great show guys sorry i haven't been keeping up with the questions I'll try to keep up. Hey, no worries. You know, Mr. French, I know you got kids and I know you probably have a lot of stuff going on, but it's always a pleasure to hear from you, my friend. Um, so for me personally, um, I think uh, Joe said it the best with the DS. I think that that was the system that I played the most and had the most uh, fun with. I, I just think that, I don't know what it was about about that, but they just they just made it just uh it was just a um just a great system um i played a lot a lot of pokemon uh uh with him and and his ex-wife and it was just so much fun it was just like when you thought of nintendo you thought of the handhelds and and when they came out with the um 
with the switch, I was like, Oh great. You know, they're going to have a, uh, another handheld, sorry, another, another, uh, this hybrid model that might be really kind of cool, but unfortunately it just, I don't know about anyone else. I know that, uh, uh, Joe said it. It just, you know, so did uh, Mr. French that we just don't. I, I don't see that as a handheld. And then I bought the smaller one, and then I thought the small and the smaller one, the 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 small the the light, and I played that for quite a long time. But then I got to the point where where the games that I was playing didn't seem to work on the the smaller screen. So. I started to want to play it, at, you know, as as docked, and so now I only play it docked. So I can totally understand um, your thoughts uh, of it not really being a um, an actual handheld. Now, the Steam Deck, I I think the Steam Deck is a is a is a move in the right direction. I don't know if its price is going to hold. Um, I do think that the price might come down. And if that happens, I might entertain getting one, but I doubt that because I have a PC right now and I barely touch it. So, so mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't think that um, uh, PC handheld gaming is 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 something for me right now. But who knows? You know, the mind is very fickle. People are very fickle. So I might have to change that up in the future if if something amazing comes out. Uh, what was that little hmm, Joe, that I heard from you? What was that? Well, buddy? yeah. The thing, the thing about this is that uh, one thing to consider is that um, the base model for the Steam Deck is only three ninety nine ninety nine. So, are you out of your mind? Yeah, cheap. But you know, you don't necessarily have to get the big, the one with the biggest hard drive. You know, I think uh, especially if you're only going to play a few games at a time, you don't need to maintain a big fridge on it. So. Yeah. And also it depends on the type of games that you're playing. Like if you're playing most of the indie games that are coming out, um, I think a Steam Deck is perfect for it because you can play those those super indie um, indie games and not really have to worry about it it killing um, having the, the the greatest of the grace greatest of the grit and having it kill your uh, your 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 wallet. So I think that's one of the things that that I was thinking about if I was, if I was ever going to get one, it would be mostly to play indie games, but you know, the indie games that, that probably will not be coming out on any other platforms for a very long time. So again, I, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, but, but, um, um, that's pretty much, you know, my, uh, the, the gaming handheld, uh, consoles, for me except for i do have to give a little shout out to the classic nintendo joe talked a little ish about it but i don't i don't blame him you know because of the whole piff piff uh, i really thought that i was um like i thought i i i was you know king of the king of the hill you know super cheese you know when when i when i played one or when i had one because that was like a sign of like you know prosperity if you were able to get one of those bad boys so i uh i uh I coveted uh, the one, the one that I finally got. Again, I got a secondhand one, so but I coveted it, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And I played a ton of Tetris on it, but that was pretty much it. Like you, you bought a Game Boy, you played Tetris on it. At least I did. So. Yeah, uh, Super Mario Land is also good. Metroid nope, I didn't, play, I didn't play any of that. It was, it was literally, you know, just, just Mario. <laughs> I think it. I picked it up later because I wanted to play the Zelda game, Link's Awakening, on it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I might circle back and take a look at the 
the Nintendo Online and see what games I missed. Like, I've never played Metroid 2 pro- proper, actually, so. Huh. Great games. If there's a good validity there with that particular uh, platform, maybe I'll be able to catch up. Maybe. But uh, that's it for me. So, uh, Kevin, why don't you take us home? What is your uh, favorite handheld gaming console? So my favorite one is probably going to be a toss-up between the PSP and the PS Vita. Uh, PSP because it just had a, a crap ton of games available for it. And a lot of them uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And then once I jailbroke it, being able to play like uh, arcade classics, like I had... Uh, Aliens vs. Predator, Capcom's Alien vs. Predator on there. I had uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters, a whole bunch of like uh, Capcom arcade games on there. Knights of the Round, a uh, whole bunch of them. And then being able to transfer my uh, UMD disc games over to digital storage and uh, being able to play them with the uh, a little bit of reduced, um, uh, 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 what do you call it, loading times, was great. And just having everything just on that in in that digital, that digital that that digital uh, uh, wafer, uh, <laughs> and being able to put put my my UMDs either trade them back or. Uh, <laughs> or just keep them to hold on to them was really great. Um, the Vita, I don't know. It was a lot of it also has to do with what what my jobs were like at the time. When I had a PSP and a PS Vita, I had a lot more time to dedicate to portable gaming. Um, I was working, either, I was working at jobs or working at a position at my current job which allowed for a lot more break time and or offered a lot more break time. And I can remember completing uh, Persona 4 Golden almost exclusively on my breaks and lunch hours at work. And that's a really big, that's another reason why I really just fell in love with the Vita uh, playing... um, Oh gosh, what was that that uh, 2D beat 'em up? Uh, it was kind of in a, in it was by Vanillaware, I think. It was uh, uh, Dragon's, uh, Crown? Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown on the on the on the Vita was awesome, and being able to play play it on my play continue my uh, uh, my progress from the PS3. Uh, assuming I remembered to do the transfer before going to work the next day uh, and continuing on at work was just, oh man, that was, that was just great. So uh, PS Vita and the PSP are probably my favorite handhelds. Uh, I never really got into the Game Boy. I had a Game Boy, the only Game Boy portable that I ever owned. Well, I had two. I had a 3DS because I got a used one for super cheap at GameStop, and I bought a few games. But outside of the Kirby's, there was just really not. I really couldn't find any games that really 
grab my attention because I I could either I would either, I would rather just play their their versions on 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 the big screen or it just it just didn't you know like I got those um uh what are those Mario and Luigi RPG adventure games on the 3DS mm-hmm. and those were okay I finished one and I I went back and bought another. I can't remember which one it was. I don't I don't know. I, I it, they it, it the the whatever what for whatever reason I just didn't feel compelled to finish that second one that I got. Kirby I, Kirby um, Planet Robo was a Planet lot of Robobot. Yeah. Yeah was a lot of fun but the the my my time with the 3ds i really didn't feel was all that great because i just couldn't find a whole lot of games despite its immense library i just couldn't find a whole lot of games that spoke to me personally i didn't have that problem on the psp or the or the ps vita so uh you know just just a different platform that offered me different games that that kind of appealed more to me were on the Sony's handheld. But my first my first handheld that I that I owned was the Atari Lynx and I really liked the Lynx. Um Blue Thunder, which was the pack-in uh when I at the time I got it, I got I got Blue Thunder and uh California Games were the two pack-ins were the two pack-ins as I recall. Uh, at least that's what what I got <laughs> when when I got the when I got the uh, uh, picked up the links at Good Guys. I don't know if that was a deal that Good Guys was running, but it, when I bought it, it came with with those two games. And I have a number of like Gates of Zendikon was a top down kind of Zevius clone, but it was really good. Um, there was Electro Cop, which was kind of like this. Uh, uh, kind of like this pseudo first person kind of reminds you of old school doom where you're running around and you know hacking gates to get in and uh that 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 game was kind of fun um red baron was kind of like a first person world war one arcade uh arcade flight game uh so there was a there was a there's a few others that that kind of uh, stood out to me a lot of fun with that. Uh, like Slime World was another one that I that I had a lot of fun with. But that console devoured AA batteries. Like you, <laughs> it, hungry. I only played that plug that thing plugged into the wall because I think on a good day you got like eight minutes of game time. It, it was it, maybe ten. It, it was really, really <laughs> that thing just. Yeah, you need Duracells. Up. That thing just shoot. I I tried Duracells. I tried whatever. I can't remember that. I know Duracells were around back in the day. Uh, I tried whatever different batteries were, were available just to see how just just for my own curiosity to see how if if it would affect. Nah, that thing chewed up double A's like it was nobody's business. So it I never tic tacs. Yeah, I never took it anywhere. When I went off to, I, I did a semester of college in Texas, and the reason I didn't take my links with me, well, number one, I was afraid somebody might steal it. And number two, 
uh, I knew that unless I was going to sit plugged in to have it plugged into the wall, you know, I don't want to be spending my, my you know, the, my little food stipend on on double A batteries. I need to save that for food. So so uh, I did bring it. But another thing that kind of gets lost in the sauce when you're talking about portable gaming uh, and a lot of y'all, some of y'all might think I'm crazy. Some of those Tiger LCD games that you could get for next to nothing were pretty fun. I had Scramble, and that was Scramble was my gaming my my gaming uh, 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 oasis when I was away at college. It, I mean, yeah, it was liquid crystal, and yeah, it, it 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 did not. It was you know black and white with the, you know, with the little overlay on it. But I don't know. There was something about that that particular version that was a, a heck of a lot of fun. And I would just constantly challenge myself. I had like two or three other uh, Tiger Tiger Electronics. Uh, little portable handhelds, and I can't remember what they're. The only one that comes to mind, right? It comes to my mind is the Scramble one. I think I might have had uh, uh, Choplifter or Chop. Basically the same thing, except you're flying a helicopter around. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but Scramble I remember specifically, or it was a Scramble clone, one or the other, and that was just. When, you know, when when you couldn't get to the to the straight dope, you know, that cut, <laughs> mm-hmm. that cut dope <laughs> was really uh, for whatever reason that just really uh, that just really held uh, had held a very special place in during my uh, uh, my time away from because there was a, a lot of time I spent away from. I didn't really get a chance to play too many games when I was going to uh, college away out of state. So. Uh, oh, and I did have a, a, a Game Boy Advance, but the only game I ever had for it, I had Tony Hawk, um, and I had um, a Super Dodgeball Advance or Advanced, whatever they called it. And that was probably my favorite version of Super Dodgeball was on the get. That's actually why I bought the Game Boy Advance because I couldn't get that game anywhere else, uh, and I played that game constantly uh because i'm a big i was i'm i i still am a big fan of tecmo's dodgeball series so uh but other than that um nintendo handhelds really didn't do much for me so that is my foray into portable gaming oh thank you for recanting and you know i totally forgot about psp and vita i didn't even mention it when i was talking about my portables it's like god <laughs> what the hell am i doing like well you're, I, I think you're talking about the ones that you really cared about you obviously didn't care about them so oh fine. i did i just totally forgot because i'm like you know maybe uh slipped my mind maybe i'm so concentrating on the 3ds's uh e-shop going down that i haven't really thought about the psp or the vita um you know as far as thinking of my memories of that console just playing ridge racer on that damn thing all the versions mm-hmm. of wipeout uh, monster hunter portable you know the monster hunter freedom and freedom unite and portable third i mean like I, 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 I. Uh, god eater god eater was the bomb too mm-hmm. yeah there's a bunch there's so. a bunch so 
So just want to say thank you to uh, Fred French again for for coming in and and gracing us with your uh, with your answer. Really appreciate it. Um, and at the end, Kevin will let you know how you can uh, join our Discord because we do a lot of information. We do a lot of stuff on our Discord, and we would love for you to join. So uh, the next question, which is for episode two hundred one, is. Uh, what remake in 2023 are you most anticipated for? Uh, bought this out because we know that the Resident Evil 4 remake is coming out, and people are saying that it looks pretty good. So we just want to know what other ones are coming out in 2023 that you're excited for. And if you have none, uh, what remake would you like to see in the next five years? Uh, because we know that remakes are a big business. People want to relive relive those experiences in a much more um, uh, graphic, better graphical way, styling. So, so I think it'd be great to see which ones that you uh, you either are excited for or, or wish we had coming in the next five years. So, and as always, after the main event or the vessel line is the Jabroni Gaming News. All right, thank you, Des. You're uh, and we're going to go ahead and cover this episode. There was a PlayStation State of Play that occurred. So, and uh, we're not going to go blow by blow, but basically talk about a few things uh, that were quite notable from the direct on here. Of course, they let off the direct with uh, five new PlayStation VR 2 games, which, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only the one here that has the console or even has some sort of interest in it. So not a lot to talk about there. But uh, one thing to note, the first point of topic is that this showed a release date trailer for the game Chia on here. If you don't remember this game, this game has been on quite a few of State of Plays previously, a PlayStation Showcase. But this was the game kind of very cutesy you could uh, transform into different animals uh this is like inspired by uh the the land of island nation of new caledonia on here so and um basically uh, it's coming out it's coming out on march 21st but they announced um with the trailer that the game is going to be available day one it's going to be a day one playstation plus extra title on there for you to be able to enjoy on here so and uh you know i'm kind of looking forward to it a little bit uh you know i I still haven't played the last like you know day one playstation plus banga you know the good old stray uh, on there so uh, any of you two looking forward to chia or interested in at least i'm interested in it it looks like a fun little cozy game i think i'm probably gonna at least check it out i mean it's free so i will um, I'll definitely check it out and see, you know, how, how it plays and maybe I'll stick with it. Maybe I won't, but it definitely is one of those games that I think, I think, you know, will will offer at least, um, a cozy good time. Yeah. I don't think it's so too. I don't think this game's up your alley though. Right, Kev? No, not really. Not really. I mean, I might take a look at it, but, uh, yeah, it's too, it's too, well, I'm not going to say cutesy because I, you know, I love me some Klonoa and that's cutesy overload. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I like a more death and mayhem in my games typically. So yeah, maybe the, there's a te- death and mayhem mode for Chia and then maybe we'll. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. Chia. Chia, meme. Damn. Yeah. 
So. <laughs> All right. But also, right after this, of course, they announced the other games for PlayStation Plus uh, for the monthly games for March. Which usually is a good thing for PlayStation because normally they get leaked by one particular website every month. And that's how everyone finds out about them before they actually officially announce them. So uh, so for the month of March, for essential PlayStation Plus members, which is pretty much everyone, you are getting Battlefield 2042, uh, Code Vein, and Minecraft Dungeons all... Uh, quite notable games. I know Battlefield 2042 has been noted as being uh, being a lot better than the really bunged, bungled launch that EA launched the game in, at least on there. I know it's a game that neither of you ch- two gentlemen are interested in even checking out, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Yeah. Code Vein, I think you've played before, right, Kev? I did. And I've played it as well. Yeah, oh. it was okay. It was okay. Um, I, there were some, some, and I know it was like supposed to be like a, uh, Dark Souls-ish type game, uh, but, I there were, there were some of the, some of the, the combat mechanics, uh, uh, that just really didn't vibe with me. I put in about maybe three or four hours into it, and that was about all I would, I did. Yeah. I was maybe th- th- interested in going back to it. I've never played it. I only played it at a trade show a couple times. I think the one time we went to PAX, we played it. I think the first PAX we went to, um, Des, if I remember correctly. So Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know. I know Damon be- had a lot of fun with it. He liked it a lot. Yeah. So it might be something special with some uh, patches and updates from when it was first released. There might be something there. Um, I don't know if there's something multiplayer-ish in that, you know, as far as to be able to play. I forget if that game does support multiplayer or not. I don't think it did. I don't think it did. I don't think so either. I'll have to go back and take a look at that. But, of course, we've talked about Minecraft Dungeons a bit on this show, too. So it's like it might be something that's cool for the fact that other people get access to this game. And we're definitely interested in playing this multiplayer if you guys are out there listening or interested in it, if need be. So, you know, I, th- I think it's worthy of a playthrough you know, or two. You know, something I actually wouldn't mind getting back to. I keep seeing it on my shelf. And so... I want to be able to think and and go about do that. So, so yeah, and Codevein is a co-op, so you could play a co-op multiplayer in the game. So, oh, so that good. might actually make the game kind of maybe because you know you know how much we like multiplayer <laughs> titles here on here. Maybe something <clears> we do like them. Go back and kind of play if need be. So on there, and then they also unveiled the. Um, extra and premium games some of the games that are coming in march and so uh along with the aforementioned chia there is also going to be uh ghostwire tokyo uh, for ps5 immortals phoenix rising for playstation 5 and 4 um tom clancy's rainbow six extraction i know that's on everyone's list ha 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 and uncharted <laughs> legacy of thieves collection for ps5 as well that's the um high res uh, upgrade for both uh, the 
Uncharted 4 and also Uncharted Lost Legacy on there available for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium members. So that's not the full lineup, mind you. So just keep that in mind. But uh, it seems like uh, they're bringing more games of value to the service on there, at least. So that's all we can kudos. ask for. Yep. Kudos to them. So next kind of trailer that got shown was... A new Naruto game. So Naruto Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections Boo. was announced. So, so, you know, I thought the trailer was okay, but it just seemed like they were focusing on all the finishers for whatever reason and then and the crappy <clears throat> English voice acting. But <laughs> Well, I guess it's not a real, like, Naruto game. So it's uh, it, it, Sorry, it's a real Naruto game, but it's basically a, 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 a high-res update of a couple of other games that they have in the thing that they've already released and so this is this is the game that's supposed to just kind of uh, collect all of them into one place so yeah so don't be like super excited although i've never really been all that excited for a naruto game uh not to say that i don't like naruto i was a huge fan for quite a long time but um i just wish i just wish it was something new if we're gonna get you know naruto stuff plus i never was a really big fan of the 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 storm series so ninja storm series so so yeah so i could be a hater i guess kev i'll kind of defer to you i know you played a a fair bit of ultimate ninja storm in your past gaming lives so ninja ultimate ninja storm one and two were great and it just kind of fell off after that and yeah, Connections is just a compilation. Yeah. So I and really when they started doing the bringing the ninjas from all the different eras and the the first ninja war and the third ninja war and putting them on this island for some type of competition, no real story or having giving you like a story that was filled with uh, maybe a, a few actual gameplay a little bit of gameplay but mostly uh wanting you to watch this little mini compilation of prior stories that you already knew a lot of the latter games did that yeah i'll be passing yeah i'll be passing for sure um and to be frank that that ultimate ninja storm was really neat back in the day but there's not a whole lot of um, evolution that you can really do with that. Mm-mm. It's it's very base. It's very basic. Um, they did it's the same thing with uh, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer plays the same way, and it it's very it it doesn't translate very well online either. Certain characters have certain tricks that they can do that just make them nigh unbeatable unless you can truly read your opponent and all of these games have notoriously terrible uh net code yeah i heard they're very they can be very laggy right yeah uh, i tried i i tried uh demon slayer once and i think yeah i think it's i think i'm done with, with the multiplayer <laughs> You think if they do rollback, you think uh, you know, it would be like a cold day in hell if they brought rollback to this game? It might help, but again, the gameplay is just so long in the tooth. I mean, this go this this gameplay really hasn't changed that much. I mean, there's been 
some some additions and and modifications done to it. I'm not going to say that there hasn't been, but at the core of it, it's basically the same gameplay from Ulti- the first Ultimate Ninja Storm, and that gameplay is not very. It's flashy, but it's very simple. It's very basic, and there's not a whole lot of depth to it. Um, and guess guess what? It's a sixty dollar game. So, oh God! No. Yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, it's a sixty dollar game. We didn't know. So terrible. <laughs> All right, and then the next thing uh, they showed at the um, PlayStation State of Play was a couple of RPGs. Uh, Baldur's Gate three got a uh, release date announcement on the state of play so it is launching on august 31st on here it's coming out with the the pc version day and date on here a lot of people thought that this was supposed to be uh, like some sort of money hatted exclusive for playstation on here because of the fact that they announced that the playstation version was coming out uh, day and date with the pc version and there's no mention of xbox uh, but Larian came out to say that they're currently having some programming issues getting the split screen mode in the game to work on the Series S. And so because of the fact that they're not able to get it working on the Series S, they have not announced a Xbox release date as of yet. Because obviously, if you have to <laughs> release a title, it has to be out for both the Series X and S. And so that little little pint-sized powerhouse, unfortunately, doesn't have enough uh, um cpu compute to be able to handle this cannot compute cannot compute so if you haven't heard about Baldur's gate 3 it is a kind of a a, um a crpg on here so it is uh basically uh same sequel of the previous Baldur's gate games from bioware that uh very based in D D lore and whatnot and uh I'm not sure if I'm going to be playing it day and date. I know. Are you going to pick this up a day uh, on the release day, Kev? Not Kev. Des. Sorry. Yes, I was picking it up. Got it. This is one of those games that I've that I've been really wanting to play. Uh, Larian Studios did fantastic with both both of their uh, both of their games. Uh, Divinity One and Two. And two yeah. were, were both fantastic, and I've I have seen this game. Um, in various different forms uh because they i mean it's technically been out for it's, yeah early access since yeah. 2020 i mean like it's been out for quite a while <laughs> so so if you haven't if you haven't played it or, or or know something about it then you just aren't paying attention because that thing has been around for a while so um but yeah i'm, I'm gonna be picking an update one I, this is one of those games that you just gotta you just gotta pick up are you thinking about maybe picking up the uh, collector's edition, or are you gonna lay low on? That? Oh, I don't, I don't know about collector's editions or anything. Uh, it like comes that. with all sorts of things that you might like on here. So why, 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 why you, why, why, why you, why you doing that, Joe? Hmm? Why are you trying? I'm just, to... I'm just thinking of you, man. That's no, all, you're not. So. No, you're not. It, it comes with a custom sticker sheet, <gasps> a battle <laughs> diorama. What? 160-page hardcover art book. Damn, Joe. A cloth map of Faerun. Faerun. Faerun, there you go. Set of Dungeons & Dragons-inspired origin character sheets. Oh. It comes with a metal tadpole key ring. Oh, no. (laughs) And it comes with Magic the Gathering booster packs. So you get a Magic the Gathering. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... 
okay yeah i know which ones you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. see 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 oh my god joe you, it has you... a custom engraved metal dvd 20 it has a, a metal dice damn joe when did you when did you, they should hire you dude comes with a certificate <laughs> of authenticity too as well what yeah what only only five hundred dollars <laughs> I'm not sure what the the price is. I Only five ninety nine. Five ninety nine out of your mind, cheap. Four ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, looks like yeah, the collector's edition is available on the Larian website for pre-order for only two hundred and sixty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So. Yeah, I'm good. Mm. Mm. Like get your money, Larian. You spend a lot of time on this damn on this damn uh, game, so I don't blame you. So look at look at all those Magic the Gathering boosters, though, man. Damn. Ooh. Damn. Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> all right well the the other rpg of mention in the in the segment on the state of play is digital extremes uh wayfinder which is coming out on early access in may but there's going to be a closed beta test beginning on february 28th which is practically like what <laughs> next tuesday coming up so this is the uh kind of uh open Action RPG slash MMO RPG from Airship Syndicate, uh, Joe Mad Studio, mm-hmm. uh, and so it plays a lot like an action RPG, even though it is a you know an instanced online RPG. And so um, a lot of people are looking forward to this. In fact, when it was talked about last fall uh, on this very show, I was saying that dude, this is one of the games I was like kind of looking really forward to checking out a little bit more on so and so you know if you're a fan of uh dark siders on here or uh, any of the other um airship syndicate titles on there, battle chasers of course we talked about in the show off and on on there and then the um league of legends games that they they brought out uh, airship syndicate you know i think you played it des i bought it but i haven't played i've played all their games I'm the sure. ruin king i think is the, yep, the i played it it was really good. Yeah. yeah so, uh, any excitement? I know I'm excited for this game. I mean, if if need be, I'm like all in it to win it. Actually, so a- any excitement from either of you two on this on this particular I'm, game? I'll be buying it. Okay, are you gonna pick up it on early access? Because it's coming out early access on PlayStation in May, but the actual game is free to play. So, I mean, if, are you are you willing to put put a little dinero on the early access to get some extra stuff? I don't know about all that. I mean, because it's a free game and they're trying to, you know, get some money off of it, I might, but I don't think so. Yeah, like, I'm founders, trying to just... See what the Founders Pack gives you. See, Founders Pack basically is rewarding you with unique and valuable items that we will never be able to obtain outside these packs, so... Yeah, see, when I say stuff like that, I get really kind of like, what, Really? Multiple tiers will be available, allowing player choice as well as upgrades, so you can be able to pay up to get the stuff you want. So each tier includes awesome and exclusive items, including cosmetics, pets, mounts, and more. So basically, it's your usual shit. So, so. <laughs> I don't know about all that business, so we'll have to see, you know. Uh, Kev, any interest in this game, or is like, you know... As soon as you talk about like you know, season pass and all this business, it's like, eh. Yeah, it it it, it looks like Fortnite in, with knights oh and, and armor. 
So I'm. This will be a hard pass for me. Got it. Well, we'll let you know how it is and see. You know, maybe yeah. If if it's enough of a banger, you know, you could like yeah. You know, Banga. Banga. It's going to be free to play, so who knows? So. Yeah, my time ain't free. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Capcom came up and they had the next segment in the direct and they announced a few things. They had a couple trailers. They had a trailer for Street Fighter VI that introduced character uh, introductions for you know two re- returning characters and one new character. On here, so um, they had both a trailer for Zangief, uh, for Cammy, which looks crazy because she looks like Blue Mary, basically. So. Yeah. Maybe they shop at the same place. Yeah, who knows? You know, she cracked her, uh, did a little stretch in there that like made me think, like, damn, like we like uh, pouring it up over there, Capcom, with the Cammy all stretching out and everything. But then, then they also had a character portrait for Lily on here which is a uh, descendant of the thunderfoot tribe the same tribe as the iconic t-hawk on here so but uh, she has some you know t-hawk inspired moves including her condor dive condor spire and tomahawk buster so cool uh, she looked pretty cool on there you know with the hawk coming down and and like kind of resting on her arm afterwards it kind of reminded me a little bit of nakaruru from <laughs> samurai showdown for some reason so you know take a look at that but uh uh i'm pretty excited for street fighter 6 i don't know about you gentlemen but uh i'll be there day one i want to look get back into a fighting game and you know even though really? my digital copy of King of Fighters 15 is still collecting digital dust on there. I want to still you know, play Street Fighter 6 quite a bit. So I don't know. I just wasn't sure if you were super into it because of the changes that they did. You know, with the running around and the creating your, your super wimpy Ryu. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll be getting it. I, I kind of like the, the art I like the art style. I didn't think I would. I didn't think. I mean, I'm always going to be. I would always prefer the hand drawn, you know. Oh yeah. Art over this, but I think this version of Street Fighter from four on is probably the best looking one that they've done. I'm interested to see if they if they maintain. I know that, that I didn't get a chance to play any of in any of the demos. I mean the. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, server tests that they did, <clears throat> but hopefully the I really liked the way Street Fighter Five played. I thought it was the most accessible with uh, deep mechanics of any of the other newer Street Fighters that I played. Like I hated the focus attack dance, the FACD from Street Fighter Four. That was just the the Ooh, I hated that <laughs> mechanic because I could never master it. Um, five was uh, the, the 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 different drive mechanics. The drive mechanics that they had in that was okay, uh, but I think the core of Street Fighter Five, the the ground game, the buttons game, the neutral was really really good. Uh, so hopefully they they at least maintain that and just make some. I know they have like a 
couple of different drive mechanics in play in Street Fighter VI. So I'm, I am definitely interested in seeing what they, how it all uh, comes together. I just wish they had Dudley in it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saying that until they, <laughs> they acquiesce and give me a Dudley in a Street Fighter title, because Dudley is my favorite Street Fighter character. So he's probably in this roster. Would love to see him pop up at some point. Oh, seriously, oh, I think he's probably. I would have thought he'd have popped up in five. I really thought he was going to pop up in five, but he didn't. Uh, the his last appearance was Street Fighter Four. So, would he show up? And you think he has some sort of uh, tangential like um, link to the uh, new character, the black gentleman with the top hat? I forgot his name. So, black gentleman with the top hat. Yeah. Oh, you mean that Q looking dude? Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think I, I didn't think he was black either. I, I don't I think he was, he was black either. I dude. Maybe just like a different color scheme that they selected when they showed him, but that's a white dude. <laughs> no, let, let me look. Hold on. I, I don't want to recant to over. <laughs> no, I, I think I just think you know Joe's trying to say like you know you know black folks come in all different colors, <laughs> you know, shades. You know, he could be I was thinking little, about. I was thinking about JP. Caramel. JP. Oh. Is that is that who I'm talking about? Let's see here. Does he have a cane? Are you talking about yeah, the, the guy with the cane, cane? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah. They, I, I. No. 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 Okay. No. You see, one of the things that that I had heard that that one of the rumors, and it doesn't look like they were going in this direction for Street Fighter Six, but I think it would have been really dope if they would have, was. This game was going to focus, at least as far as the single player mode, was going to focus on kind of like legacy. And like one of the thoughts was that because Ken is trained, trained a dude, he trained Sean from Street Fighter 3. And like they were going to bring Sean in and you would be like there would be a thing where it would be like which legacy translated the best to the new generation of characters. So it would be like, okay, Ken trained Sean, uh, Ryu trained Sakura. Um, and then there was this, this, I don't know how much, how, if there was any teeth to it, but there was this rumor that Dudley and, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, uh the the gal from uh, Africa with Street Fighter 3 had a kid and Oh, you're talking about what's her um uh, um god, I don't know what you're talking Elena, about. Elena, Alina. I want to say it was Elena, but I I'm, I might be wrong. Um but like they had a kid and it was going to be like legacy versus legacy versus legacy type of thing in the single story mode. I think that would have been really tight. I thought that I think that would have been fire, but it doesn't look like they're going to go that direction. I would still like to see at least a couple, because also Ken has a daughter, uh, and it would be it would be kind of cool to see uh, to bring her into play. I, I I don't know if it would be another Sakura clone or what what they would need to do to make her diff- similar that you could tell that she was trained by her dad, but different from 
you know, different in move set from Sakura. You know, I, I, I guess they would be similar, but try to differ, differentiate the two. That'd be cool but, if they called her like little sister or something because they trained, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stuff like yeah. that would have been great. But unfortunately, I just don't think that some people think think like that. You know, some developers think like that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, because that would be fire if they did some shit like that. But yeah, and that that's one of the reasons why I dig uh and I'm really looking forward to the next uh Mark of the Wolves game because they did some of that in um in in Mark of the Wolves. Well it would be Fatal Fury, the next Fatal Fury game. But they did some of that in uh Garau Mark of the Wolves. Like you had like uh, Kushnud Butt was trained by uh, Robert and Kyo. Uh, that little ninja dude was trained by uh, Adam. Uh, I mean uh, Andy and Mai Shiranui. So they they did SNK did a lot of that. You had both of Kim Kafwan's sons in the game. So they had a really strong um, uh, lineage, you know. And, and you could you they 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 actually brought like background characters because Kim's. Uh, in uh, the the pri- I can't remember when they were introduced. It was in in one of the specials. Uh, it might have been Real Bout. I, I can't remember if it was Real Bout One or Real Bout Two, or one of Kim Kafwan's win uh, po- poses where his two sons would come out and pose with him. But they actually made them two characters that played completely differently yeah. in Mark of the Wolves. And I just wish Capcom would kind of pull a little bit from SNK's playbook. When it comes to their legacy characters, because, I mean, you're always going to have, you know, you, you, you know, you can't really they learned that in Street Fighter three that you can't really have a Street Fighter game without, you know, the core, you know, and because Street Fighter three was the least played or least appreciated, although in the fighting games community, it's probably one of the most beloved Street Fighters that ever came out. Um. So I know they can't leave the core behind. You're all you need a Zangief, you need Guile, you need those characters are always going to be there. But it would be neat to see their legacies kind of passed on through either characters that they have trained or their offspring. I, I just think that would be really dope. But you know, I'm still excited for Street Fighter Six, so I'll be getting it day one. Are you going to be all trying to be a pro with that Capcom Cup announcement? I don't know if you guys saw. Oh that. no, no, <laughs> my my itty 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 dreams I had of that died <laughs> 20, 30 years ago. So. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, but yeah, Capcom Cup they came with the thunder. They had the president of Capcom Japan show up and they announced that the winner of Capcom Cup uh, for the next year is going to get a million dollar first prize. Whoa. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah, they have a, overall like I think uh, over two million in prize guarantees for the uh, season. So like uh, some kind of pros that kind of stepped out of the whole fighting game community. Like uh, Justin Wong just makes videos on YouTube. But as soon as he saw this million dollar announcement, it's just like you know people be winning. Pat and winning Evo, you know, basically, and I think the grand prize usually was like, you know, maybe fifteen thousand, twenty thousand. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. 
you know, n- enough to pay for the flight, uh, pay for like some air, you know, accommodations, airfare and whatnot, and maybe make a little bit out of your pocket, but nothing where, you know, a million, a million dollars is That's like life changing money. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably see a lot of pros that retired probably jump back in and it's going to, it's going to be really, really be interesting to see how that shapes up. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see, but yeah, they are promising a million dollar uh, grand prize for the winner of Capcom Cup coming up for next year. So, mm-hmm. which you know, basically the season starts basically once Street Fighter Six is announced. Street Fighter Six is going to be the main tentpole game for Capcom Cup. So once mm-hmm. the game launches, obviously those of you out there give be ready to get your million dollars. <laughs> so train 15 hours a day, you might do it. You know, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. not us. No, <laughs> we got jobs and mortgages. <laughs> yep. I can't see myself going to my wife and saying, "Hey, babe, I'm quitting so I can go for a million dollar grand prize in a video." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. Uh, I don't want to be divorced, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, another Capcom. Um, nugget that they dropped at the state of play was the third official trailer for resident evil 4 on here so they showed like a demo of the later portion of the game on here and they also announced that there is going to be a special demo that will be dropping before the release date of the game which is coming out on march 24th and also they're going to have a free downloadable downloadable content the mercenaries mode will also be uh, returning to this particular game on there so trying to you know make sure that you know once you beat the game you're not returning it back to gamestop and trying to sell it but who hell wants to buy it you know sell it to gamestop with the 20 dollars they probably pay you for it so i know on it so yeah but you know they are bringing the mercenaries challenge mode back as post-launch downloadable content there are are also working on a playstation vr2 um version of the game too which will be released later for playstation you know five owners if that's the case so you know so if you're looking to if you're a multi-platform console owner and you happen to wanting to check out playstation vr2 i'll definitely pick up the re4 on playstation 5 to get that particular reward so yeah but re4 is going to be available on ps5 xbox series consoles including playstation 4 and pc via steam on march 24th on there so so I'm kind. Of, I think what they shown of the game on the third trailer. I mean, I was already kind of in it to win it, even though I have not played an RE game in, in a bit. I have a, quite a bit of an RE backlog, but you know, day one steelbook at Best Buy. It's like okay, I guess I'll be buying this day one. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, enjoy, buddy. How about you, uh, Kev? You think oh, about yeah. maybe picking yeah, this up? I, yeah, I'll definitely be getting it. Four was a, was one of my favorite uh, Resident Evils. I think Village probably took the crown from Four. I had a lot of fun with Resident Evil Seven, but I think Village was just Village was on a whole other level. Uh, but I'm really interested to see if they did dead dead space like changes and alterations to RE4 is going to be absolutely fantastic. 
Definitely have to see. And then uh, PlayStation, they ended the state of play with a uh, close to 15-minute expose on uh, Warner Brothers and Rocksteady's uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League on here. So did either of you two have an opportunity to watch the uh, segment for this particular game on the state of play? I only watched the highlights. I did. I watched it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I I was watching it, and then I was watching another streamer's impressions of this, and that kind of made me kind of look at this game in a different light a bit. So, uh, you know, I, there was a lot of kind of talking about this game being games as a service. You can't play it online. It's always online. It's, you know, solo or four-player online co-op on here and a lot of the gameplay i saw is a lot of like you know third person like you know city traversal on here where different characters had different uh, type of moves on here and uh you know one thing that they kind of pointed out in looking at the game at least uh, from the gameplay snippets that were shown and they commented that said it looked looked like a superhero crackdown type of game, and so after I saw oh, them no. kind of making this <laughs> <laughs> being uh, some cra- crackdown association with this, it's like oh man, this is, you, you kind of you kind of got got me with that kind of because you know you're running mm-hmm. around with four very super powered overpowered superheroes you know even though they're villains in this case because they're and the when suicide did harley squad quinn become spider-man <laughs> i don't know when it's... did harley quinn become spider can someone answer me i i don't know i did you did 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 she undergo some type of superhero serum type thing in the no. comic books or because last i heard Not she was all. a crazy she was a nurse that the joker turned crazy that's who harley who fell in love with the Joker, and uh, yeah, she's she 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 is not a superhuman, so I don't know why <laughs> she's able to compete with the Flash on any level, but you know, whatevs. I what? guess I I mean I've been out of comics for a couple few decades, but as like the last I heard, she. She she turned she was just a a, a really psycho Joker groupie that, that that's no. <laughs> well she's more into it but it's just I was not expecting like half the stuff that she's doing I'm just like oh okay well we're just gonna we're just gonna go here with that okay. we're doing this now okay like, okay sure. Sure. Okay. So, but a lot, a lot of gameplay that was shown. It just reminded me of like a, like a, like a superhero crackdown, like a shooter, traversing cities, going all crazy, overpowered OG kind of uh, fighting various enemies in a like a advanced futuristic city. So it's like it's it, Metropolis. So yeah, I mean. Kind of gave gave me something. Wow, yeah, you're kind of right. It does look a little bit like Crackdown, you know. And, oh no. So that's it. That's all. They, that's all you needed to hear. Ooh. I wonder if they got orbs. You can put some orbs. All, I, all, I heard, all I heard was ooh, Crackdown. All I heard. Ooh. He said ooh. <laughs> 
So they're promising, of course, this is straight out of the press release, that the post-launch content for this game will have updates to expand the story with new missions and earnable characters available at no cost on here. So no cost to you except for the $69.99 that you're going to pay out out front on this. Uh, The Battle Pass system is only for cosmetics, so if you want to earn new outfits, emotes, and other items to customize your squad members, have at it. Uh, they are promising also a quote-unquote massive story-driven campaign. So whatever that mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. on here. So I don't know. Uh, like mm-hmm. I want so bad to be like okay with this, but at the same time I'm like I don't know. Crackdown. So. <laughs> Gotta have my cartel. Gotta have my cartel. Hey, uh, if if a game makes me use the Xbox Series console, I mean you gotta say you could give it up for Crackdown, right? <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Xbox One, too, you know. No. So we'll have to approach this once this game gets closer to launch, but you know, they better butter me up with a steel book, which I probably will do. So, wow. I, I still say, I still say, <sighs> I can see them putting some things behind a paywall to, to maybe not changing the game uh, or the story. But putting like maybe say the Christopher Reeve Superman do his do his story with Superman looking like Christopher Reeve or having him look like Henry Cavill, I can just see that. I can just see them doing stuff like that. Now, technically, is that going to change the, the, the your 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 gaming experience at a core level? No, but it's going to be oh man, I want to I want to I want to fight the Christopher Reeve Superman. I want to fight the Henry. I can just see them doing stuff like that. And I I don't understand if this game is intended for you to be able to play it solo because they kept focusing on that. I don't think so. And it's just like, well, if that's the case, then why do you need to have all three people running around as AI? You know, why does this game have to be connected online if I can truly enjoy a single player experience? It's just weird. It's just weird. And and yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm I don't good. know yet. I'm good. I think I don't know. I mean I don't know yet. I don't know. That's all I yeah, can say is that I don't know. A lot of people, I mean, I'm just looking at Resetera and there's like, you know, I would not play this game for free. <laughs> it's like, you know, come on. But it's, I don't think it's that serious, but okay. Yeah, but, you know, any drama for your mama over at Resetera. So, I don't know, think it's that, that serious, sir. Went from interested in this to being dead to me. Frustrating. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that happens, I guess. I know. I know. So, and then I want to end off the news. So we're gonna. This kind of came up today, actually. So, um, Ubisoft is doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on the uh, game franchise known as Assassin's Creed. So, back in September 2022, uh, there was some leaks regarding some games in development, including Mirage, which eventually got announced. Codename Red. Codename Hex and Codename Jade on here. And um, they also officially announced its Assassin's Creed multiplayer offering, Pro- Project Inctivus, 
uh, one month later on there. So in total, six Ubisoft games are well into development for Assassin's Creed when they have also two a VR title, a codename Project Nexus, that's supposed to be officially unveiled at E3 later this year. But they have found out not only um, these games are in development, but there's three more Assassin's Creed titles in development. Didn't so, they say they were taking a break from this? Um, I think they're not. They're doubling down, and mm-hmm. they're going to have yearly Assassin's Creed uh, franchise releases. So, you know, those, like, you know, once every two or three year cadences, and, you know, I guess Eve Levine over there at Ubisoft decided, okay, we got Assassin's Creed, let's just run with it. So, yeah, they have new titles in development right now. Um, Nexus 2 is being discussed on here, codename Nebula Raid and Echoes on here. So, uh, in what these are, are just going to be more titles in the Assassin's Creed universe. So, you know, so. Um, Nebula is being um, basically uh, proposed by Ubisoft Sophia, which uh, has been known to co-develop Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation and Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, This Assassin's Creed Project Nebula is an Assassin's Creed title that will have three different settings in India, Aztec Empire, and the Mediterranean. Um, Another branch of Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft Chengdu in China, has pitched Project Raid. It's going to be a free-to-play, four-player cooperative title that will be PvE on there. And all the characters' titles will be from all Assassin's Creed uh, in the universe. So imagine if you want to play as Ezio in a four-player co-op Assassin's Creed on there. And then uh, Ubisoft Annecy, which is known for developing the multiplayer portions of games like um, Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell, is co-developing Division 2. They have, pitched, they have pitched Pro- Project Echoes, which is a multiplayer title that will use Ubisoft Scaler's technology. So uh, they're talking about going back to the annual release cycle for Assassin's Creed, with major entries being significantly oh different gosh. from the last. So <laughs> uh, um, Assassin's Creed Mirage is scheduled to release around August. That's the one that's supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of like taking it back to the roots a bit, uh, back to like you know, the origins of the original game on here. And Assassin's Creed Nexus will be uh, out mm-hmm. uh, the same year, which is coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. And that Codename Red is scheduled for 2024, Inc- Incubus is for 2025, and Hexi for 2026. So. I believe Codename Red is the one that uh, we talked about on the prior episode that's based in Japan. So, you know, we'll have to see about all that. But uh, uh, they're double, triple, quadrupling down. I don't know what happened with that Assassin's Creed, like, you know, hub that they were developing. But it sounds like to me they're just going back to saying, okay, let's, let's basically make Ubisoft like Activision's Call of Duty Studios. <laughs> it's like, you know, Ubisoft's all just Assassin's Creed, I guess. So. So the thing that people wanted them to stop doing with Assassin's Creed is what they're going to go back and start doing again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotta and make you that wonder money. why I have no faith in this company. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Ubisoft to, to make any of this, of this stuff good. And what I define as good is anything that I would want to spend my time playing. I have zero interest in anything that has been mentioned in this article regarding their asset. 
multiplayer Assassin's Creed. Oh, I get to play with Ezio. Oh, I get to play with the original. Oh, I get to play with all these people, sometimes separated by hundreds of years in history, all thrown together in a multiplayer. That doesn't even make sense unless you're just going to say, okay, everybody is in the, I can't remember the name of this virtual reality computer that they had behind. Did they uh, get rid of that? No, it's still there. So. It's still, yeah. The omnibus. Uh, the omnibus. The, the, uh, omnibus, the omnibus, omnibus, or yeah. The matrix, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the so omnibus. Everybody, everybody jump back into the matrix and you can play as you, whatever your favorite is. That sounds retarded. It does. It sounds retarded. Horrible. And I'm I'm just I wonder if I th- I think Eve's Guillermo Guillermo I think he's thinking, hey, if this if this uh 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 Activision deal falls through, let's make sure that we can get Ubisoft into a position to be bought out by Microsoft. <laughs> that's really what i because the, the, the things that you're describing sounds absolutely terrible like m- massive amounts of money lost terrible uh there's also too uh i don't know if you guys knew but there's assassin's creed netflix series that uh, oh I, that's early. been in the work for a while though yeah. I I didn't know I don't follow TV but I guess oh. they just recently lost their showrunners so they're, they're oh no mm. yeah. I'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> oh I shouldn't laugh but man yeah and really yeah the showrunner was just sick and they announced it back in September 2022 <laughs> like, they announced it as being an <laughs> epic genre bending live action adaptation of Assassin's Creed but um, he was like I'm out which tell me tells me it was probably nothing like any of the Assassin's Creed storylines yeah so nope. Codename Codename Red is the Jap- Japan one Codename Hexy is the uh, Central Europe setting so mm-hmm. it's like come on that's like you know, it seems like all they did was like look at the damn have a globe in their like <laughs> in their like R and D department sitting there, the just sitting there, like okay, okay, Bob, here you handle here. Here's here's the mainland China. You can handle this. Okay, let's go to Central Europe. Okay, we got to cover this. What's next? Assassin's Creed Antarctica. Assassin's Creed uh, Australia. You know, I don't know. You got me. Assassin's Creed Hawaii. You know, have a have uh, the assassin on, on there surfing. You know, Just like Magnum to... P.I.? <laughs> yeah, Assassin's Creed Magnum P.I. Actually, Assassin's Creed Antarctica sound could be dope because they could play off the uh, uh, the conspiracy theory that the Nazis have, uh, have a base with all this high-tech technology in the Antarctic. That could uh, actually Kev, be Kev, dope. Kev, Kev, no, no. Go get a job, Kev. You could go no, and go Kev, you're doing too much now. Pitch. You're doing too much now, Kev. You know they can't do that. That sounds a little too. Go get fresh your million idea. dollars from Ubisoft. Come on, man. No, the sorry, the Capcom no. Cup. Sounded too fresh of an idea, sir. Too fresh. Assassin's Creed. Okay. Better better hold back now. 
fighting Hitler on, on Antarctica over there. Yeah. Hitler in an ice cube, you know, in an ice chest in an igloo. Deadly penguins. Yes. I'll need to stop. That is the Jabroni Gaming News for this week. Thank you so much. Ubisoft. Y'all need to quit. They really do. All right, folks. Uh, game nights take place uh, every every Thursday, six six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, whatever you want to play, just let us know on our Discord server. We'll play it, and if we don't have it, we can get it. We shouldn't have any problem getting a hold of it. And uh, it's just a time for us to connect with our listenership, uh, with those who are members of our Discord server. And just kind of just just uh, sit around and just rap and enjoy gaming together. So you might be asking, okay, how do you jump jump into the Discord server? Well, you go to Twitter, hit us up at Gaming Vessels at G A M I N G V E S S E L S. Go to our page, click the Discord link, and you're in. There is no waiting period. There is no. Uh, we need a, a blood sample. Promise us your firstborn. Subscribe to our uh, Patreon. There's none of that stuff. Just hit the link and you're in. And as long as you're a decent person, I'm sure you will have a lot of fun interacting with like-minded gamers on our Discord server. When I say like-minded, I mean people who just enjoy gaming and can have different viewpoints, different perspectives on the hobby but still act cordially and like and act like sensible people, which you will find does not quite translate to much larger social media platforms. So if you like the idea of talking about games but could do without the nonsense, hit the Twitter, go to Twitter, hit the link there and join our Discord server. Uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun. So just as Des mentioned uh, to be, uh, at the beginning of the episode, there will not be an episode next week, but we will be back and um, <clears throat> the following week. So big thanks to Fred French, who participated in our main event. Uh, gl- gl- glad to, to hear from you. Glad to hear from you again, Fred. So uh, as always, folks, uh, as I always say, if it weren't for the folks that partake, in our main events, in our vessel lines, uh, interacting and uh, coming up with uh, with uh, discussions on our Discord server, and listening to our podcast, we would just be three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So thanks, thanks everybody for rocking out with us for episode one ninety nine, which is now drawing to a close. So for Des, aka the Bay Area Terror. A.K.A. the high-res hater, A.K.A. the cat daddy, A.K.A. that gamer step daddy, and for Trader Joe, A.K.A. Jabroni Chief, yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuff71, A.K.A. Digga Dulamite. That purple bling bling, y'all. Saying we'll be back in two weeks, episode 200 for years. Peace.